much he loves us, but then we got to let him love us. So I'm asking that we can open our hearts and let the Lord love us this morning. And sometimes that gets skewed by the way that we've been loved here on this earth. But God, he can change all of that, can't he? He can. It talks about in Romans about how that whenever we receive him and we receive his spirit, we become his son and we become his daughter. And we're adopted by him. We receive the spirit of adoption. And we don't have to, you know, if, if you're running around feeling like that you don't belong, or if like that um, you're an orphan or a, a vagabond wandering around, you know, that, that you, I question if you even really ha- know the Lord. Because he says if we know him, we're adopted by him. We know who we are. We, ha- we don't feel that anymore. That's not a part of us anymore. Because he calls us sons and daughters. The, I'm just reminded, there was a huge revival that started on Father's Day years ago. And I was reminded of that again today. Lord, we are asking for revival of families, revival of restoration to the Father's heart here this morning. If you feel that, if you feel like you don't, you've never belonged, and you know what? You could have a father that loved you and still have that feeling. You can be free from that today and accept the love of the Father and accept that adoption of our Heavenly Father that He wants to extend that to us because you're in His family. You've been adopted into His family. Lord, we're so grateful for that, for the Father's love. I just pray that it just sweeps over us today. His love doesn't matter what's happened to us here on earth. Some of y'all are going through your first Father's Day without your father. And, and you're okay. Because you have a Heavenly Father that loves you. But we still, our hearts still hurt. And you know, some of you may have a, had, a, had a daddy that was heavy-handed, you know, and, and sometimes then you're like, Dad, that's the way God is. Like, he's only going to love me if I do. You know what? He loves us no matter what. No matter what. He loves us. Let's just, let's just put your hands in a receiving mode. This may be, unco- don't be uncomfortable. It's okay. Lord, we just want to receive the Father's love here today. Just tell him, I receive what you have for me here today. I receive your love. There's some hurting hearts in here today that doesn't even have to do with any of this. But Lord, we ask to t- you to touch those that are hurting here this morning. We ask you to touch those that are in our families that desperately need you and that don't even know it. We send your healing spirit to them. But, Lord, we extend our hands to you, and we ask you just to touch us today. We cry out for that. 
We started out with asking that our doors and the gates be opened up. So we're opening up our arms. We're opening up our hearts to you, Lord. We're saying, come in. Welcome him into your heart today. Welcome him in. Just bless you, Jesus. You're such a good God. We love you so much. Hallelujah to your name, King Jesus. We just bless you. Thank you, God. Thank you for what you're doing here. Thank you that you're touching. Thank you that you're speaking. Thank you for those that are receiving your love for the very first time. I'm praying that some of you can call him Daddy God today. It's not disrespectful. I just bless you, Lord. Thank you for this time. Thank you for your spirit that's moving. Bless you, Lord. Amen. Amen. I'm going to ask the ushers to come, and we're going to receive the offering. Men, tomorrow night, y'all are going to have a men's meeting here, and you all are all invited. Right? Come. It's going to be great. Won't y'all just come stand on the blue line, and we'll just have a March offering, and everybody can bring up your offering, and um, we'll be here Wednesday night. And uh, we had a great time with David on Wednesday. I appreciate him sharing his heart. And I invite you to come back Wednesday night at 7. So let's just stand. Lord, we thank you that we can come and we can give to you. Lord, we just bless you right back. We just thank you that we're uh, sowing into your kingdom here this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Come and bring your offering and greet someone. Well, welcome. I'm so glad that you all are here this morning. We're going to continue on with the service. I was supposed to do this before we took the offering. Please forgive me, Father.
I've got some things I want to read you about our country, and David's going to pray for our country, but <clears throat> here's some, someone had some good news. They said, we're pretty excited. Our loan was approved. We're closing on a full tank of gas this weekend. <laughs> I had my first experience of filling mine that, and it wasn't quite empty for almost a hundred, you know. But, about our country. And by the, I just read this morning the, the Center of Disease Control and Prevention now recommending vaccine for the littlest children. Yeah. They, they don't give up even though Fauci says it's not working since he's trying to get over COVID. And pray for Dean. He was diagnosed with COVID this morning. There's a domestic terror group named Jane's Revenge threatened, threatening to escalate violence against pro-life ministries. There's just some flunky situations in our country. Here's a guy that has thrown a 62-year-old woman down some stairs. So he gets in trouble. They can't send him to where they think he needs to go, so they're paying him $250 a day until they find a place for him. They said, we might have one in August. I mean, this is the land, this is the way our government runs, I guess. <laughs> and the arrogance of our climate old man, John Kerry, says as gas prices soar, we don't need increased drilling or bring coal back they don't live in our world do they the number of Americans who believe in God has hit an all time low according to a new Gallup poll there are 81% of Americans who say they believe in God and that's the lowest percentage in the poll since uh, 1944 when it started Sid Ross says biblical morality has never sunk as low as quickly as it has in our generation. And the devil is trying a devious strategy using children's entertainment to infiltrate the minds of our kids with uncertainty and falsehood. Have you seen what Disney Plexar is planning to include in their new film, Lightyear? Well, I could send that to you. But that's, we just need to pray for our country. Amen? And I, and I pray you realize how much we need to pray. It says if you want to have good government and you want to live peacefully, pray for your leaders. So Brother Dave's going to pray this morning. Lord, we lift up our leaders to you. <laughs> We've prayed for our country and prayed for our country so we don't know how to pray, but we say, Father... You're still on the throne. Amen. You're still watching over us. And, and ever how this goes, we know that you're still working in our behalf. And that you are going to bring us out. And we believe that and we, we confess that. That this nation is going to come forth and be great again. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And we just thank you, Lord. 
that you know the beginning from the end, the end from the beginning. And we can get confused, but we look to you, and you're not. And uh, we just trust, we're trusting in you, that the outcome is going to be good for your kingdom, whatever that is. And uh, there's going to be a revival, and we look for that revival. And that uh, change in the church that needs to come, and we just lift that up to you, Lord. And we thank you for this morning, Lord. And we just thank you for your anointing that rests upon Pastor this morning, Lord. Open our ears to hear what you're saying to your church. This is your church. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm just going to pray. Lord, I just thank you uh, for this time. And I do to lift up our country. And we lift up the leaders from Washington, D.C. to Skytook, Oklahoma. And we ask you to draw their hearts to you. And then if they're not going to come to you, we ask you to take them and replace them with somebody that will follow after you. God, we cry out for our country. We cry out for uh, our state and our city. Lord, we are, we are desperate for you. Our country is desperate for you. It's sick, and it doesn't even know that it needs you. So, Lord, we, there are some mighty warriors in this room, and I'm calling you up and out this morning to rise up and to take your rightful place on the wall that you will t start beginning to fight in the spirit realm for our country and for those things that need to be dealt with. And we, we say no to the darkness, and we ask you, God, to bring your light and to continue to expose and, and to weed out the things that need to be exposed. And, and Lord, you bring in godly people that will rise up and take their proper place and some of those are in this room today so lord continue to move upon our hearts and we have been praying and we have been seeing many things god that you have done even in this city so lord you are answering our prayers and we're not going to be get discouraged by the price of gas we're not going to be discouraged by the what they're trying to put before our kids because we're trusting you lord our trust and our eyes are fixed upon you and you will defeat all other kingdoms that aren't yours jesus christ's kingdom will rule and reign and win and so be encouraged we will not be discouraged this morning in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Happy Father's Day, men. Stand up, men. Come on, stand up. All you men that want to be fathers, stand up. We just bless you. Come on. We bless you in Jesus' amen. name. We bless you. Amen. Lord, I thank you for godly men. Yes. I thank you for men that's not afraid to walk the altar the aisle to come to the altar, to come to you. Amen. I bless them today. Yes. Lord, I thank you for my father. Amen. I thank you for allowing me to be a father. Lord, we just thank you now. Are you thankful for your family? Can you imagine what life would be about if you didn't have a family? For you that don't have a family, God will give you one, and you're in one right here. That's right. We just bless you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Unless you want to come testify. He asked for it. James, well, that's good. That's good. 
I don't want to I don't want to miss an opportunity to testify and and uh, raise a hallelujah to the Lord for saving me when I was young and and and, and giving me the life the wife that he 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 led me to West Tulsa in 1974 to find Sandy and and she made a father out of me and and it's just a it's just a it's just a grand and glorious thing and and we've been on a mission for the last 47 years out of town and finally. Uh, got our mission completed elsewhere, and so we're back here and back home and settling down. And just feels good not to have to travel out of town and go to church anymore. So we're happy about that. So happy Father's Day, fathers. Amen. We're glad to have you here. Thank you, James. I want to tell you some things uh, titled this, Things My Father Taught Me. And I want to start and read you a scripture first out of Proverbs. We're going to go to Proverbs chapter 4. And Proverbs is an unusual book, and I, I challenge you to read it. 31 chapters. Just read a different chapter every day. You'll get through it in a month. Just start again. Proverbs. I've read a book recently of uh, Robin Bullock, and he said Proverbs are seeds. Some of them, all in one sentence, they'll give you a positive and a negative. And there's just so many things in Proverbs. Talked to a lady this week. She's watching today. Said she'd got a word out of Proverbs. But chapter 4, you know, Solomon wrote Proverbs. David was his father. Other than Christ, Solomon was, would be the world's wisest man, and he wrote these things. But when you read them, you read them just like you're hearing Jesus teach you. Hear, O sons, the instruction of a father, and give attention that you may gain understanding. Every mistake we've made because we misunderstood that. For I give you sound teaching. Do not abandon my instruction. See, it's, it's easy to just get where we don't need the Word of God. I read you the number last week. I believe it was 26 million Americans last year quit reading the Bible. When I was a son to my father, tender and the only son in the side of my mother, then he taught me and said to me, let your heart hold fast, keep my commandments, and live. You know, there's a lot of people that are breathing, but they don't have a life. They, they have no hope. They're saying, there is surely more to this than what I'm getting out of it. That's why they... Go figure out a way to end their life. Keep my commandments and live. Acquire wisdom. Acquire understanding. One place it says, call wisdom your best friend. Understanding your special friend, you know. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. You remember the Lord told Joshua, meditate on this book day and night. Don't let it depart from you. Do not forsake her. She, wisdom, will guard you. Love her. She will watch over you. 
That's that little voice sometime you hear and you're about to do something and that's not particularly a sin, but it's not always the right decision. Love her, she'll watch over you. She'll speak to you. The beginning of wisdom is acquire wisdom. I tell you, I've told so many people about their business and things I've learned over the years. The more you know about something, seems like the more there is to know. And if you're in a job and you just think it's routine, you need to dig into it a little different or you need to find you where God wants you to go for a different job. The beginning of wisdom is acquire wisdom and with all you're acquiring, get understanding. Have you ever been misunderstood? I have. Prize her. She will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. She will place on your head a garland of grace. She will present you with a crown of beauty. Hear my son. I'm beseeching you today. Accept my sayings and the years of your life will be many. God will extend your life because if you don't have wisdom, you'll make some decisions that obviously just shorten our lives. Things my daddy taught me. One of the th first things he taught me, uh, it wasn't to drive, but it was about driving. We lived down at Chewy on a ranch. My brother Paul's 20 months younger than me. He was just, he'd been born, so I was two or at the most three. But I went with my dad a lot. And uh, he drove a big truck when he wasn't horseback on that ranch. And he'd been showing me how to shift gears. Well, of course, probably all I could do was kick it out of gear. Maybe if he'd put it in the right place, I could, you know, while he double-clutched it, I could shift it. Well, my brother Paul, they were going to take him to a doctor, and so apparently I got ready. And this ranch house was up on a hill, and there was a barn down below. The road ran out straight where the truck was parked. So I got in it, and I guess I thought I'd practice my shifting. And I got as far as kicking it out of gear. And I'm surprised I could kick it out of gear on a little bit of a grade, and it went down the hill. And all I remember was looking out the back glass. And it stayed on that road, because it was steep off the side. It stayed on the road down there about a half a block. And it veered a little to the left, took out a big corner post, and then into the side of a barn. So uh, that's one of my first uh, experiences. He taught me to ride. I went horseback with him a lot of times, and the only runaway I ever had on a horse was as a little bitty boy. And we lived uh, west of Avant. And he had to take a wagon over to the property where uh, Dale Soul lived. And they had, they had a mare named Topsy, and I could ride her. And they had raced her a few times. And I was riding her and following him driving the wagon. And we just turned off where the highway is now, headed down south toward that house where Dale lived. 
and everything was fine, but there were some dogs ambushed us and scared that horse, and she ran off. And she ran all down that, ran around that house under the clotheslines, and I survived. The lady ran out and rescued me, and I was, I'm sure I was crying by the end. Dad, you can just hurry a team and wagon so much. You know, but I survived, but he taught me to ride. He taught me some other things. I rode a, I remember riding around Avant with him and my grandfather, both horseback. And then uh, he had a horse he wanted to sell, and we took it to doing. I rode it in the sail ring. That's all for I went to school. I was like Jay Tom. But he, you know, th these are some of the things he taught me. But, you know, when uh, I was in the sixth grade, we moved back to Oklahoma is when he got in the feed business. And he really had always, he really taught us about respecting people. And we, had, we started a business. You know, you see your dad start a business and you're, 10, you're 12 years old. You don't, it's no big deal, really. But when, you, and when I think about him, if I was 12, he was probably 34. And I know now they didn't have any money. They just started the business. Grandpa signed his note for $500. And they started that business. Gerald, a few years later, I, I saw eight or ten carloads of feed and hay lined up there. It became a big business. But it was just a God thing. But I could write feed tickets and do that in the sixth grade. You know, he taught me. And we got, we got a real big customer. And they loaded the feed right off the train cars. And there'd be 600 bags in there, which is 30 tons of feed. And this new, most people would get 20 bags or we'd take 60 on the truck or 120 was a big load. But this guy, he'd come and get a, a semi, he'd get 150 sacks one time. They're all 100 pound sacks. And my dad told me this, and I've always remembered it. He said, now you can lose that one big customer because everybody wants him, but you'll never lose all these little ones. So you treat everybody alike. Isn't that what Jesus did? Didn't he treat everybody alike? So that's some of the things that he taught me. But I didn't tell you the first thing he taught me was to pray. We, we lived at Chua, as I told you. That house was cold. My brother Paul was just a baby. Him and mom slept in one room. Dad and I slept in the other. And they taught me to pray and all kind of Indian names down there, you know. And they thought that's pretty cute. I kept adding to my prayer list as I heard another Indian name or met someone, you know. But one night we'd been somewhere and we come in late. It was, I mean, just blue cold. And uh, I just got in bed. My dad knelt beside the bed. He always knelt and prayed. He said, uh, didn't you forget something? I said, it's too cold. He loved to tell it on me. When we first started the church, he'd, he'd tell it on me. 
He said in a little bit, he felt the bed move and I hit the floor and I said, God bless Jerry, amen. I mean, those Indians were on their own that night, you know. But he taught me to pray. And I've told you before, I remember as a teenager when we lived there in Ramona, going in the morning, some morning to ask him something and ask him, we'd already had breakfast and he was kneeling on his bed praying, getting ready to go out that day. See, those memories stick with you. I remember those horseback rides that we had when we walked up, rode up on this couple parked. and We had a lot of conversations like that. But he taught me to pray. And men, I challenge you. Have your kids heard you pray? You and your wife, can you pray together? Can you pray out loud together? You know what's wrong with this country? That's what's wrong with it. That's part of what's wrong with it. Come on, give me some amens. Help me now this morning. It's oh men or oh me. I read you some out of Psalm 78 last week. I want to do that again. Psalm 78 says, Listen, O my people, to my instruction. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old which we have heard and our fathers have told us. You need to keep sharing your family history too. We will not conceal them from the children, but tell to the children to come the praises of the Lord and His strength and His wondrous works that He has done. For he established a testimony in Jacob. He appointed a law in Israel which he commanded our fathers that they should teach them to their children. He commanded the fathers that they should teach them to their children. Now I've told you things my dad taught me. But he taught me the Bible too. I remember when we were you know, little in grade school, he'd, he'd read us stories out of the, a Bible storybook that we'd, we could understand. Do you teach your children? Chris, you're teaching your kids a lot of things. Are you teaching them the Word of God? It's your job to teach them the Word of God. Mark, it's your job. It's your job to teach them godly things. They, they ought to have godly heroes to, to look to. Don't they deserve that? I'm telling you, they do deserve it. I, I spent a lot of time with my dad. Angie spent a lot of time with me. One, one night I'd called a guy, and, or he'd call me, I don't know, it was Wolf City, Texas. And he had some coats by Blondie's dude, and he wanted to sell them. Of course, I wanted to buy them. So I told him I'd come down there on a Saturday the next day. So we talked about it that evening, and she kind of wanted to go, and we talked about it, but we didn't make any definite plans. I went to bed, rolled around a while, and finally I just got up. 
I went in there and asked her if she wanted to go. I dressed her, and we left. Dixie woke up the next morning and thought she had missed a rapture. <laughs> we were gone. I remember we pulled in down there somewhere close to where he lived and went in a restaurant and ate breakfast. We pulled in this guy's place about 7.30, 8 o'clock. He was walking out to get the paper. And of course, he'd talked to me the night before, and I told him I was coming. He was really shocked to see me. We visited with them, bought the horses, and come home. Memories. See, you teach your kids things by how they see you, how you do things. I promise you, you're, there's a thing in horses where, where they want to teach them things just when they're a day or when they're just hours old. So they get them over being afraid of things. As you walk through things and you, your kids see you handle things in a right way, they know what to do. They learn. They're, listen, there's more impart, imparted than there is taught, I think, just by being around someone. I taught her to ride. I still remember a Shetland pony laying down and rolling. I heard her cry out, and I looked, and that horse was laying on that fresh ground. was all worked up real nice, and he just decided to take him a roll with her. I taught her to drive. She drove a little bit, and I had a dually then. And we was driving on a back road, and we got on the highway. I said, oh, just going down through Main Street. She was white knuckle, but she got through it. I mean, you've been through those things like that. We prayed together. If she had friends come stay all night, they come in our bedroom for night, and they, we all prayed together. You know where I got that? My, my dad would come pray with us, but as probably a fourth or fifth grader, I went home with a boy in Jacksonville, Arkansas. And their family all gathered around the front room and prayed together. I still remember that. Your kids deserve it. I think that's one of the things that are wrong. And One of my favorite photos of... Uh, Angie, I don't know who took it, but I'm at, at the barn standing at a fence talking to someone. And you can see her about that high standing there looking through the fence too. And then there's another one, almost the same kind of picture. It looks like we'd staged it, but we didn't. And she's taller. And I'm standing looking through the fence talking to someone and she's standing right there with me. See, I tell them at birthday parties or special events, these family stories, you've got to keep reminding them of your history. My sister was here the other day, her and Paul was talking, well, whatever happened to this? Well, who knows? said, well, Gerald will be the only one that might know. And they just said that because I'm the oldest one in the family. You know, you've always had somebody else out there you could ask about something. 
Eventually, it becomes your time. It becomes your time. And you know why we can do that? It's because of the goodness of God. Because Jesus Christ came and paid the eternal price for everyone's sin. He has paid the sin debt. Your sins are forgiven. You just got to come to him and confess it and admit it. Ask him to be who, make you who he wants you to be. Find your way in life. My grandfather Klingon probably had more influence on me than about, um, almost anyone. And as a young man growing up with him, I've been to Avant Beer Joint and other places with him. He'd go in and drink a beer. I never saw him drunk. He'd get me a seven up. But he was a hero. Grandma would go to church with us, but he wouldn't go. He'd been saved as a young man, but he'd got away from it. Now, I remember when I was a teenager that a pastor came and really talked to him, trying to get him to come back to God. He said, what about those three grandsons? You want your kids, you want your grandkids following in your example? And he gave it up. He come back to the Lord. He got involved. He took his place. And any time at a family dinner, I'd ask him to pray. He couldn't hardly pray without crying. He was very tender to the Lord. Listen, God's got a place for you. I don't care how far away you've been. I've been far away, but I've come back. The prodigal went far away. And listen, we've all been a prodigal in some way or other. And if you've never been a prodigal, you're the elder brother. That had all the answers. I've never disobeyed you. I believe that was a lie. <laughs> but God loves us. He's got a plan and purpose. And family is by God's design. That's his idea. And we've lost so much of it. Some people don't, they don't know how to live when their kids grow up. I guess it was easier for Dixie and I. We were married eight years before Angie came along. So, praise God, I got a little wiser than I was on the start. But my grandfather, really the cross of Jesus, he come back to Christ. He was a county commissioner. I love to hear him telling stories about This salesman, they went for a drive and they stopped. And that guy just went to counting out money. He said, no, I don't do that. You're not paying me. I'm not taking money to buy your company's products. I was proud of him. One guy one day said, here's a ham you can surely eat. That was kind of a family joke with him. I saw my dad have we had a farm up here, and he owned 80 acres, and there was 80 acres of lease land. I saw him go through having that lease land bought out from under him by somebody he knew. He went to him and offered him profit to let him have it 
But he, he wouldn't. He, we, we lost that land. But you know, years later, when Dude was popular, that guy would come over there and brought the mares, and my dad treated him like he would anybody else. See, you learn those things. But see, we got to learn from our Father. Jesus is our ultimate example. He's got a plan for everybody. He wants everybody to get saved. But there's so many that they've decided, I'm just going to do it my way. And I'm telling you, when this is over, you're not going to like your way. You're going to burn in hell. Proverbs 13, let me read you just a few verses out of that. Verse 18. Poverty and shame will come to him who ne neglects discipline. Say discipline. You better discipline yourself. You may have to get up earlier on Sunday mornings. To get here. I mean, you've got to discipline yourself if you want to gain something in life. On your job. You've got to learn something more about it. You've got to put more into it. Spend time with God. He who regards reproof will be honored. Desire realizes sweet to the soul, but it's an abomination to fools to turn away from evil. He who walks with wise men will be wise. What do you think he'll be if he walk with foolish men? I mean, some of you may have some friends, you just need to let them go if they don't want to change. James has got the greatest story, I'll get him to tell it sometime, about influence in a man. But the companion of fools will suffer harm. You're going to suffer harm running with fools. Adversity pursues sinners, but the righteous will be rewarded with prosperity. Amen? A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. Now how are you going to do that? Most of you had plans to be out of debt and be rich by the time you were 50. And maybe that hadn't happened yet. But keep working on it. But how are you going to leave it an inheritance to your children's children? And the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. Abundant food is in the fallow ground of the poor but is swept away by injustice. Fallow ground means ground that's been worked up, plowed, it's all ready to be sowed, but nobody ever sowed any seed on it. Then it says, swept away by injustice. That's what's wrong. These people all coming into our country, injustice in the government and the way those countries have been run. God has got natural resources in every country that will supply those countries if it's handled right. But you can see what's happened. Now you can see how we've been blessed. We've been the breadbasket of the world. But the farmers are trying to figure out now how to pay for the diesel. So where's that going to go? We need to pray for our country. But read the word. Get involved in it. 2 Corinthians 6.16 says, I will dwell in them. That's God saying, I'll dwell in them and walk among them. I believe he's walking among us this morning. And I'll be their God and they shall be my people. 
Therefore, come out from the midst and be separate. That's get away from those fools. He didn't say get plumb out of the world, but your, your light needs to be the predominant light, not be ruled by those foolish people around you. And do not touch what is unclean, and I will welcome you. I will be a father to you, and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. Look at, uh, she's going to show us a scripture in the Passion Translation, Galatians 2.16. Have you got that scripture? Okay. We know full well that we don't receive God's perfect righteousness as a reward for keeping the law. That's the law of Moses. But by the faith of Jesus, the Messiah, his faithfulness, not ours, has saved us. And we have received God's perfect righteousness. Now we know that God accepts no one by keeping of religious laws. We need to know the law. We need to know those but they don't save us. Only Jesus Christ. You've got to give your life to Jesus. And men, you can make all the I'm going to's you want to, and they might last through the day. Only God can put it in your heart to change and do what's right. Worldly counsel, you can't cancel it out. It's got to be cast out. You've got to bring it to the altar and say, God, You've got to fix me. You made me. You fixed me. I've messed me up. You fixed me. I know he can do it. There's other men in here. They know he can do it because he's done it in their lives. I've watched him do it. God will do it in your life. The word for today. Did you read the word for today? It's really good. A man wrote the, his son's high school coach. And told him how much he's, he's going to look to you. We're going to be talking a lot about you. Because he's going to be telling us about it. But he was encouraging that coach. To be the man, the leader that son needed. I thought, man that's good. I, I pray every coach gets a letter like that. But my mom and dad separated when I was between, I believe the 5th and 6th grade. And they got reconciled. And through my growing up years, my teen years, uh, I knew they had some disagreements. There was never any verbal violence in my family, but yet things wasn't right. And after all four of we kids uh, were married, they divorced after being married almost 30 years. They both confessed Christ. My dad was a deacon, taught a great Bible teacher. How's that happen? Some way or other, see, we've got to let Jesus be Lord of every part of our lives. Just because you can say, I've been saved and I go to church, we know that doesn't stop the temptations from coming. We know that, listen, I need God more on Monday than I do right now. 
I mean, we're all pretty safe in here. Although we can have wrong ideas, can't we? Those thoughts that come. I never saw that happening. But years of hurt, unresolved conflict. You know, there are just times when somebody just says, I've just had enough. But you know, in a marriage, it's a little different because a marriage is supposed to belong to God. You know what Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight? He says, why don't you come to me? He says, Mark, you've tried everything else. Just come to me. Come to me. Oh, you're weary and heavy laden. Oh, you're troubled. Just come to me. You can try everything else, but only Jesus Christ can change a life. He's the only one can take out a stony heart and put in his heart. He's the only one that can change that. Only he. Only he can do that. And he will if you'll give him a chance. How do you protect your marriage? Listen, it's just God's grace and Dixie's forgiveness that we made it those first years. First, that marriage, as I said, already belongs to him, but you've got to make some priorities in your life. And I know you've already, okay, you got a wife. It's kind of like going hunting. You shoot a rabbit, and then you want to shoot something bigger. You know, it's always something else. You know what that something else is? It's a void in you, and whether you're a man or a woman, that only Jesus Christ can fill. No woman can meet all your needs. No man, ladies, can meet all your needs. It's impossible because it's a God-made void in your spirit, man, your, your soul, your mind, will, and emotions. And then particularly if you've already been run over and hurt and lied to. and But you know what? God can fix that. He can fix it. He can heal it. He can heal it. My mom and dad both eventually remarried. But you know that could have been such an easy fix. And how spiritual I was at probably 28. I thought yeah, they might as well divorce. I didn't know how to help them. But, you know, everybody won't let you sit down and they won't go for counseling. We had Ray Garcia here and preached. He taught, did a men's conference. He said him and Rochelle had been married a little bit, a little while. Her dad loaded them up and took them to Jay Swallow, who was the Indian apostle, set them down and said, Jay, fix them. <laughs> but you know what? They were willing to do that. And they've got a great ministry today. But they, it's, a, it's a funny story to hear them tell it. But you've got to work on your marriage. I've already mentioned, do you pray together? You better take time to pray together. I mean daily. I got great advice from a veterinarian one day. He said, you better tell her you love her every day or somebody will. Treat her like a queen, she'll treat you like a king. Come in there, we'd been up a couple hours. She come out there and says, well, what do you want for breakfast, Father's Day? But you know what? 
She asked me that yesterday too. And the day before. I said, well, today I want biscuits and eggs. And, oh, I named off a whole bunch of stuff. But. So we had biscuits and eggs. Had a little gravy. A lot of fruit. Treat her like a queen. See, I had a wife. I was looking. I wanted to go rope. I wanted to go do something else. We don't know how to cherish those. We don't know how to. And, and guys, I'm telling you, these kids grow up quicker than you think. You think they won't ever grow up. And then you wish they were seven or eight again. And they grow up so quickly. You better put into them while you can. Somebody's going to. Galatians 3.11 says, Now that no one is justified by the law before God, it's evident. For the righteous man shall live by faith. Just say that. The righteous man shall live by faith. That's such an important verse. That's in Galatians 3, but it's also in Habakkuk 2.4. It's in the Old Testament. It's in Romans chapter 1, verse 17. You live by faith, whether you're a boy, man, or woman. You live by faith. You believe God. How would you get saved? You believe God could save you. You've got to believe He can change you. If you're on the wrong road, you've got to believe He can get you back where you need to be. He can but you've got to humble yourself and come to God. You've got to make some changes. You've got to let God do what He wants to do. Your faith must be focused on the person of Jesus. Hebrews 12, 2. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, being hung out there naked, and is now seated at the right hand of God. For the joy, the joy that his death would make every, all mankind be right with God if they would accept him, that much joy, he said, okay, here I am, I'll do it. Sometimes we've got to die for our Bride. Jesus died for his. It's easy to talk about, but it is hard to live because our stinking flesh just don't always want to do what's right. It wants to do what it wants to do. And that's why you've got to have some godly discipline in your life. I'd been on a judging assignment. I was flying home and... Um, Wherever we stopped, I forgot just exactly where. I didn't have to change planes. But I was just sitting there and I watched. We wasn't there very long. And I watched the man bring a little girl. She was maybe three or four out. And he was putting her on the airplane by himself, by herself. And I thought... God, how terrible that be. I couldn't imagine. See, I, I don't think you really know what love is until you have a child. I couldn't imagine that happening to me. 
But you know what? I really cried out to God about that. I just, that just said a lot to me. I've, I've never forgot that. Chris, you don't think that can ever happen. I don't think it could ever happen to any of us. But it happens. I've watched it with Mariah. I watched her get sent on a plane off. I understand there's life after divorce. I understand that. There's grace. But I understand there's hurt in families. There's, listen, we have swept so much stuff that we don't want to deal with. And we just act like it's all okay. Now in families, I've told you before, my dad could snap his fingers and the four of us and we'd get things straightened out. Usually it's just me and Paul in a fight. But it's the same thing at church. There's all kinds of hurts that people carry around and they won't come and get any help. You just act like it's so and in the inside you know it's not right. You know there's got to be more that God wants to do. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> if you'll just let Him do what He wants to do. But you may have to die to some things. How do you be a good dad? You know, I even see now the gun companies are approaching this different. Instead of saying, buy this gun and go hunting, it's, come on, be a man, have it for your protection at home. I mean, just because of things going on in the country. I just think that's interesting. They know how to pick up on the sales part of it, but it's a true thing. But how do you be a good dad? A good man, a good woman? How do you be a good teenager? Well, let me tell you, you cannot be. Say be. You have to become. This is not Mother Goose. It's not a fairy tale. It's a process of becoming who God wants you to be. And we're all in that process somewhere. Philippians 2.13 For it's God who is working in you to will and work for His good pleasure. We belong. Did, did we not ask Him to save us? That means He owns you. He can do with you what He wants to do. But He loves you so much, He'll let you go away. He doesn't make you love Him. He gives you that choice. Lord, we bless you. But let me tell you, good is not enough. Your wife and children deserve the best. You have been trusted with a wife and children by God Almighty. Proverbs 18.22 He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. Only God can empower you to be the man, the husband, and the father you would like to be. How by faith in Jesus and His power, He says, come to me. And that means today. Come to me. You'd, I'm asking you today, this morning, to do as the Spirit leads you. Some of you need a Father's blessing. 
Maybe you've never had your father bless you. We've taught this and I've prayed a father's blessing over many of you. I've saw that change lives. I pray you can pray a father's blessing over your children, over your family. They deserve that. They need that. When I pray for someone, I pray it over them. I ask God to forgive me for not dedicating them to God when we heard they were conceived or when they were born and not teaching them how to grow up as a Christian or when they went through puberty, how to go through it as a man or become a man or they become a woman. How to bless their family, how to bless their children. We need a father's blessing. But there's one thing more important than that. It's to know how much God loves you and accepts you. He accepts. He knows all about us and still loves us. Lord, you're just so good. Psalms 32 6 says, Therefore let everyone who is godly pray to you at a time when you may be found. Listen, there will be a time you can't find him. You are my hiding place. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with songs of deliverance. I love that. And he says, I'll instruct you and teach you in the way which you should go. I'll counsel you with my eye upon you. You're here today. You're alive today because God created you and he's got a plan and purpose for you and you'll find that really in him he is a completer it's a process trusting him coming to him whether it's a process of coming to him for you that are here that have never been saved never been born again Today, you can have your life changed. The Spirit of the living God can come and make Himself at home in you. He can save you today. If you're away from God and you've got strongholds, you've got things in your life you know that aren't right, you know if you bring them to God this morning, He'll help you with that. Don't just say, Lord, I'm going to try harder. Trying harder won't do it. You've got to say, God, I need you in this. I give it to you. His way's always right. He's such a good father. The prodigal come home. He didn't say, I told you so. You shouldn't have done that. He didn't do that. He said, put their best robe on him. Put a ring on him. Kill the fatted calf. He welcomed him back. That's the father God. Let's just stand up and worship him. You know that, Father? What about today? Are you ready to, if today you had to face him, would he say, welcome in? Does he know you? That boy's okay back there. Just bless the Lord. We just bless you, Lord. We just bless you, Lord. The kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God is now. And I'm inviting you to come be part of the kingdom of God this morning. 
wherever you're at. I met a very godly doctor and he was at the flashpoint meeting in Tulsa. And that altar call was more than being saved. He just said, if you want more, come on. He's 70. He got up. His brother thought, he's going to get saved. He said, no, I'm just, I just want more of God. I just want more of God. Men, we're brave everywhere else. Why don't we stand up for Jesus? Ladies, let's be bold for Jesus. Teenagers, you can walk the aisle. We've got a little young lady going to be baptized today. Jesus, anybody need Jesus today? Anybody love Jesus today? Come on, let's bless the Lord now. Turn up the music. We'll just bless the Lord. Just come. Some of you got things you need to bring. You need to come give God your marriage this morning. There's some marriages need to be updated. There's some men that need to come say, I'm not teaching my kids. Come on, man. It says you're teaching the Word of God. You know you're not. God, have mercy on us, Lord. Have mercy on us. Man, don't wait for a truck to run over you before you give it up. Just give it up to God. Let Jesus be Jesus. Lord, we belong to you. I pray everyone come to you today. Jesus, you're the one that's right. You're right. Lord, we love you. We bless you. We honor you. Come cry out to him. He will meet you. Come as a family. Just come. Just obey the Lord. Now tomorrow, it's not tomorrow. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day. See, you'd fight a bear, you'd fight a man, but there's an invisible wall around you that you won't walk through. And its chains have you so tied up. Just come. He's a chain breaker. He redeems you spirit, soul, and body. He's a redeemer. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. Holy hallelujah to you. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Anyone need a Father's blessing? We bless you, Lord. Listen, I'm sorry if you didn't have a dad that loved you. I'm sorry if your dad didn't tell you he loved you. But I promise you, you've got a God that loves you 
You've got an elder brother, Jesus Christ, that said, I'm going to the cross to pay for their sin. And you have an inheritance with him. We bless you, Lord. We bless you. We bless you, Lord. Can you say that? Would the people at work know that about you? Praise you, Father. not asking you to join the church. I'm asking you to come to Jesus. Bless you, Lord. Oh, I've heard a thousand stories of what That's who he is. You've heard the word. I pray we, we not be hearers of the word only, but doers. Any other word this morning? Pray for Tony. Get her blood pressure down. In Jesus' name. 